This week on the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, we're going to be talking about a question that probably every couple deals with at some point in their marriage. They probably ask the question, did I marry the wrong person? So stay tuned. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. This is Rusty and Heather Bryant. Man, I feel um, really energetic. Uh, before we jump in to today's topic, I wanted us to just quickly, we have been talking about this rebrand thing. People out there are going, y'all are so full of it. There's no rebrand. But here's the thing that I kind of want people, when when we do this finally in a few weeks, um, there's going to be some little minor changes. And so I didn't want people to be like expecting something just like this big thing, but there's lots of little things that are going to be happening. So I thought we'd give people a little bit of a heads up of kind of what's going to happen, really what we've been going through since January. And we're going to we're going to do a podcast about the mm-hmm. about the rebrand and why, you know, we chose the things that we did and why the branding company worked with us and the things that they chose. So we don't want to get into all that. Um, but there's gonna the biggest change is, is that there's going to be a new logo, a new yes. look. So that's the biggest thing. And that's kind of obvious. I mean, I guess if you rebrand, that's kind of what you do. But the other thing is, and this is what I want to give people a little bit of a heads up on. So all of our social media has normally, you, you've noticed us as Three Strands Marriage Ministry. But we're, where we're rebranding is it's everything's going to be under the redeemed marriage. So you're still going to be able to find us, still going to have that same content. But then along the way, we're going to be rolling out some new resources and just, I mean, obviously we're going to have new merchandise and things. So just kind of giving our listeners a little bit of a head, heads up about what to expect because... We got them pictures made last week. Yeah, we it was, did in the hundred and ten degree weather. Oh my goodness, it was <laughs> so hot. But the good news is, is when you look at pictures, you can't tell whether it's hot or not. That's it right. It just it's going to look like a beautiful summer day. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. or winter because we even threw on yeah, no, not winter because there's green. That's true. Yeah, but we did throw on a little bit of short sleeve. I mean long sleeve. Long sleeve mm-hmm. in the hundred and ten degree weather. Yep. So we are excited, the, and, and a couple of things that we're most excited about, too, um, our marriage coaching, that's when we're really going to start mm-hmm. uh, pushing that out, and some of you have already kind of jumped on that. We, that is one of, the, one of our uh, favorite things to do, and uh, that's going to be something that we're really going to start pushing out a lot more um, here in the next couple of weeks. So just be on the lookout for all that, and that's all I'm going to say about that, because we've got a topic uh, that we're gonna we're gonna jump into this, and I think the reason why I feel so energetic about it <clears throat> is because of the way that we just did this. Um, so we have a small group, yep, and uh, our small group meets on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Most a lot of the times we do our podcast before our small group comes over. Yep, and uh, we we lead this small group, and I say we lead it, but we're just. It's we a, facilitate. We facilitate. Mm-hmm. It's a what a great group. Um, and so today we were about to come up and start recording our podcast, and I said, or one of us said, "Hey, why don't we just wait 
and throw out this topic because a lot of times we bounce things off with it's a marriage uh, small group mm-hmm. um, and so obviously and so we we talk a lot about the topics that we talk about on here we get some feedback and stuff from them and so we just decided to throw out this topic to them it was so good it really was so good like I don't know how we're going to be able to actually Mm-mm. talk through right. all this mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to do it we're going to do it so, uh, so where we where we landed was this this question of can can you marry the wrong person and like what happens because look if you've been married for longer than twenty four hours then you have probably thought to yourself did I marry the wrong person mm-hmm. did I make a mistake and you know we got into all the is there just one person out there for you. And Do you, you know, have a soulmate. Soulmate. We mm-hmm. talked about that some too. So there's a there's a lot to this. It's more um, than just the question. Uh, so let's dive in. Where we where where are we starting? Yeah. So I think we should start. There's going to be two kind of bigger topics. What um, I love about this is that you're like organized. You tried to organize. You even said a while ago. So when we talk about this, I'm like, well, who are you? You don't. Well, I just think that there's two really big parts of it. One is, did I marry? Like, in the umbrella of did I marry the wrong person? We're going to talk about a. Um, do you think there's just one person for you? Like, mm-hmm. do you think the fairy tale is true that there's just your soulmate mm-hmm. and you just have to find them? And then the second part is going to be, so once you are married, which I'm assuming most people are that listen to this, and you have that thought of, oh, no, oh, did no. I marry the wrong person? Or I'm falling out of love with this person. We hear that a lot. I just don't yeah. love them anymore. Mm-hmm. So kind of those two bigger topics under the umbrella of did I marry the wrong person? Yeah. Um, all right. So do we just want to... F- yeah. Th- so, well, because you're very passionate about the fact that you don't think that there's just one person. Yes. But let's let's be clear in that my belief and thoughts on this have changed That's significantly true. over the years. That's true. So explain how that happened. Yeah. So first of all, I was um I grew up we both grew up in a church setting and really traditional and uh you know lots of like um dating topics and you know talking about marriage and preparing for marriage, you know, we with lots of that kind of stuff as mm-hmm. we were growing up. And I just always we just were kind of the what we thought was romantic and like there's just one. You got to find the one, or the one will find you. Because we know of plenty of people that just expected Mr. or Mrs. Wright to just knock on the door mm-hmm. and they didn't even have to do anything. Like, I'm just waiting for the right person. Mm-hmm. And I sort of fell in that camp. I fell in that camp of, I've got to just be looking for the right person. And where that kind of changed for me was, um, there was an there was an older man that was a professor of mine at Mississippi College, and he was probably the most godly man I had ever known. And he his wife had passed away um, during their marriage, and he remarried. And the lady he married was much younger. And I remember him telling us in class one day. He said, "You know, I 
I believe that there's lots or, you know, quite a few, I don't know if he said lots, but there's other women out there that I believe I could have married and been very happy and enjoyed a very happy and healthy married life with. And he was the kind of, he was the guy that like when you were afraid the rapture might have happened, you went and looked for him to see if he was still on the earth because if he was, you knew the the rapture had not happened. So that's how much I believed in him. And when I heard that, it really kind of started shifting my thinking. Um, and then I would say that the second thing was obviously when we went through our marriage crisis and you um, were unfaithful, and at that point, I realized that, you know, there could be somebody else out there that I could marry or could have married that I could have been happy with. Mm-hmm. And may not have had to go through what we went through. Right, right. So I do think that the question for sure came up for me, did I marry the wrong person? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we went through that. And so where I've kind of landed on this is that there, there are, you know, it's dating and preparing for marriage. It's your time to see if, I mean, really you're asking yourself the question, is this somebody that I could spend the rest of my life with? And you're making a choice. I mean, you're choosing that person, and that person is choosing you. And I believe that once you choose that person, and that person has chosen you, and you have committed yourself in a covenant relationship to spend the rest of your life together, then that person is the one. That person is your right person. The right person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can call it soulmate if you want to. Mm-hmm. It's just word. Mm-hmm. Um, but that person is the one. Now, do you want to add anything mm-hmm. before we Okay. So this is the part that I loved and thought was fascinating. We had two couples in our small group. We have two couples where one of the spouses is on a second marriage. So they've been divorced from they were divorced from their first marriage. And I was so excited to hear what they had to say, and I loved what they had to say. Um, and really, it went it went um, right in line with, with what we believe and what we feel, because, and, and I'm speci- specifically thinking, because one, ex- you know, expressed a lot of, um, talked about it a lot more, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, I don't see that marrying my first husband as a mistake or marrying the wrong person because, you know, I le- it was part of my growth, part of my story. I learned so much. I wouldn't be who I am today. And I just, I mean, like, I believe that what happened there is there's broken people, sin, choices, but that doesn't mean that you married the wrong person. It just means that that person... You know, and and there's plenty of you out there that are listening to this, and you do have you have come from a broken marriage. You've already divorced. You're on a second marriage. That doesn't necessarily mean that you. And and where I'm trying to go with this is, I want to let you off the hook a little bit to where you're not living a life going, oh my goodness, I made a mistake and I married the wrong person. Well, you you change the way you're thinking and you say, you know, I married. Because I said I do to that person, they were the right person. 
And then whatever happened, sin got in the way, the person changed, was not repentant. You know, I don't know everybody's story, but that doesn't mean that it was the wrong person. It doesn't mean that you made a mistake. It means that there was sin, broken people, and that changed to the point where you're no longer married. And because if you thought, if you think that there's only one person for you, then what happens when your spouse dies? Mm-hmm. Is there no longer another person out there that you could marry? So much. I, right. And I'm just like, well, so much of it's flooding back to me on what people were saying yeah. in our small well, group. And, and what I to- loved her, about what she said was that, that, you know, God allowed that to happen and for her to get married and for all of that to happen. And so it's part of who she is. It's part of her story now. Um, and so you can look at that. Like, I think that that you and I do about our story and you can say, you know, gosh, I would, I wish that I, that had not happened or I wish that I had not done that or whatever, but it's part of who we are now and it's part of our story. And so it is a beautiful thing going forward. And so instead of looking at it like that was a mistake or I messed up or I married the wrong person, it's more of I know that God uses is using this as part of my story, and it's part of who I am now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I brought this up to to our group, but like for us and our particular story, it could have gone a completely different way. That's right. We were 15 years into marriage with two little boys, nine-year-old, five-year-old, and when you were unfaithful, then I could have, I could have left. And I could have started uh, a new relationship and even remarried and all that. And it doesn't mean that I married the wrong person. Like, you were still my wife, and I chose you, and you chose me. And for 15 years, we had a marriage. We had two boys that are not mistakes. That's right. And... So if that had not, if we had not continued and had not fought for our marriage, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been that I met, I, man, I blew that one. Mm-hmm. I really messed up. No, it's sin. Like mm-hmm. it's sin and your heart and you didn't, you know, you didn't change or we weren't able, you know, what, all of that stuff. But it doesn't mean that I made a mistake. That's right. And so that's another reason why I look at it that way. And really, I just want to encourage the one that has already, you know, the, the, the marriage, first marriage or whatever did not work out. And that doesn't mean that you screwed. I mean, well, you, you may be the reason why <laughs> that's right. that the marriage didn't work out, but it doesn't mean that you chose wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, we did stop and talk about how there are some factors that go into before you get married. That's right. And yeah, so, you know, I think that some of the discussion and something that I'm passionate about in it is seeing the red flags before you get married. Like were there red flags that you were like, "Ooh, that's not good" or "Ooh, I should be concerned about that," but you ignored them? Um, and, you know, went on with the relationship anyway, you have the whole aspect of what if you weren't a Christian? Mm-hmm. Like, what if the two people weren't a Christian, went, weren't Christians when they got married? 
um, was it still a covenant before God or was it more of just a um, contract? Contract. A legal, of ma- yeah, yeah, a legal, legal document, document of, you know, being married. Um, and I think that that was one of the couples that has been divorced in our small group. That was part of their story. Neither one of them were believers when they got married or divorced, you know. And so that can be part of people's story as well. Um And so, like, there's just a lot of things that can go into the thought of, um, did I marry the wrong person? Well, I I like what you said, though, about the red flags and stuff. And that's part of dating. As you're dating and you're looking towards marriage, you're trying to decide, is this somebody that I can spend the rest of my life with? And there will be people that come along sometimes and say, hey, let me tell you, this is not the right person. And they say that because they're trying to warn you and say, you don't want to spend your, the rest of your life with somebody like this. But if you do choose that person, then they are the right person. That is the person that you are committing to and making a covenant relationship with. And, you know, and at that point, you are also assuming that you're both going to follow through with the covenant relationship and you're going to be faithful and, you know, all of those things. And so, yes, the one is the one that you say, I do too. That's right. And I've heard several of the pastors that we listen to, and they talk about, you know, finding the one. Well, the one is the one that you say, I do too. Yep, that's right. So I think where I get a little bit more passionate about is because I have a heart for the people who are... Um, married, and maybe you're listening to us and you're thinking, yeah, but I, yes, I am in a covenant relationship, but I'm still thinking, what if I married the wrong person? Like, you know, maybe the red flags didn't come up until after you were married. Like everything seemed beautiful and perfect. And then all of a sudden they're doing things that are getting on your nerves or, They're making sinful choices or, you know, an abundance of things that we could insert in that blank. Um, So then what do you do? Because one of the hardest things for me to ever hear is, yeah, but I just don't love them anymore. And I think the reason why it's hard for me to hear is because I had that thought Um, during our marriage crisis 12 years ago, I actually thought, well, I just don't love him anymore. Like I'm supposed to be doing something different. I'm supposed to do something new. And of course that was before, um, my repentant heart and before through the grace of God, he showed me, um, my sin and what it looked like. And I saw, um, who I was without him and 100% that was his grace that allowed that to happen. But we meet with people often that are not there. They're like, I just don't love them anymore. So what, for our listeners who are in that spot, who have, you know, go, gone ahead, they've made their choice um, on who it is that they are supposed to be married to. That is the one because it's who they said I do to. Um, but yet they have that thought if, of now what? Mm-hmm. Because I've made that mistake. Or well, they think they've made that mistake. Well, I know tonight, as we were discussing this um, with our small group, one of the things that kept coming up was just, you know, kind of how those annoying things and the things that, you know, just bother you about your spouse, they're really not about your spouse. They're about your own heart. Mm-hmm. Because so many of them don't even really ma- matter or mean anything. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is that 
you don't change your heart as they bother you and they start stacking on top of each other and it's this and this and this and this and then you just get to this point where you're like I I mean I can't stand this person this person mm-hmm. is driving me crazy yeah and and really that's not most of the time or a lot of the time it's not about them it's about mm-hmm. your own heart mm-hmm. yeah you just speak in truth right here at the beginning because that's I mean that's the hard part it's easier to blame your spouse. It's easier to say, yeah, that gets on my nerves. She's doing this and I don't like it. Or he's doing that or he's saying that. And instead, it's looking inward and taking your eyes and, you know, putting it where it belongs and saying, okay, really, that's about me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really hard for people um, to, to see. Even when I know the bent of my heart is to go, you know, what about me? What about me? What about he's getting on my nerves, which is bothering me. It, I still have to preach to myself often, look at your heart. Mm -hmm. Like, let's look at your heart and see what's going on. And I think that there's a couple of ways that we do this. Um, I think one, like you're talking about that separating, you know, like, um, that bothers me. And that's a little bit of separation. It's almost like a wedge, you know, you're putting it in between you and then something else that gets on your nerves and that makes more separation and giving, um, listening to your thoughts of, well, maybe they aren't the one that causes separation. Um, maybe I'm falling out of love with him that causes separation. And so this gap is just becoming wider and wider and wider until you've convinced yourself that you just don't love them anymore. Um, so just kind of that um, putting a slow wedge and gap and separation in your in your thoughts. And then the other one is by comparison. When mm. you compare um, your spouse, to someone else, Mm -hmm. or you compare your marriage to somebody else's marriage. And I'm, I'm telling you the comparison game is a thief. Mm. Um, it can destroy, um, because most of the time what you're comparison, comparing your marriage or your spouse to is not truth. Mm -hmm. It's not real life. It's what they want you to see. And I can um, remember doing some really hard work with Penny, my mentor, on this because I kind of had convinced myself that the other person would be better at this, 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 and this. I would have a better lifestyle. I would have a better, you know, whatever it is. I had convinced myself of that, which was completely not correct. And also just, I mean, it was a lie. It was a lie from the enemy. But I had so convinced myself in my head that that was truth. And she said, yeah, but, you know, you if you're with this person long enough, then those uh, there's going to be things that bother you about them, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's kind of like the honeymoon stage. Mm-hmm. When you compare your spouse to somebody else, you only are looking at their good qualities mm-hmm. and the things that they do great and the things that you know would be better if you were married to them or somebody like them or somebody who didn't do it like your spouse. So if you... If you're comparing yourself to that, you're comparing your spouse to somebody else's highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair because that's not truth. Mm -hmm. And so I think so those are the two areas that I think you really need to think about. Am I comparing 
my spouse to somebody else or my marriage to somebody else, and therefore I'm saying mm, this isn't right, or and or am I building a wedge that is de- making a divide or making a separation mm-hmm. um, in my thoughts about my spouse? And so it's really just coming back to you and saying, okay, what's wrong in my heart? Okay, so let's just say that we can get somebody to that point to where they're listening to this and they're like, okay, I can see that. It's about my heart. Okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, one thing to say, okay, it's your heart, but another thing to know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that it's super, super important. The number one thing that you can do is start praying for your spouse, mm-hmm. praying for them and thanking God for them, like thanking God for the little things. You know, even tonight we were talking about some things that get on our nerves. Even you shared something Mm -hmm. that I'd never heard before that you said got on your nerves. When I drink water out of a water bottle, evidently I found, I sound like a Kentwood water station. (laughs) And I didn't know that until tonight. And we've been married 27 years. So there you go. But there's, there are things that your spouse might do that get on your nerves. And somebody even mentioned, they were like, yeah, but those would be the very things that if they were to pass away unexpectedly, yeah. you would miss. Yep. You know, you would go, gosh, that got on my nerves, but it was so fun, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, any of the things that you can think about that your, um, you know, spouse gets on your nerves or it bothers you. Those are the very things that endear you to them, you know. And so seeing it um, like that, but also praying specifically for the things that bother you because, Not like, oh my gosh, please help him to, God, please help him to put the cap on the toothpaste. That's not what I'm talking about. For you to be able to look past some of those things that really don't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, does it really matter if he puts the top on the toothpaste, you know? Um, But also praying, like if you've lost um, physical, um, attract, like if your spouse is not physically attractive to you, anymore or they put on weight or they've whatever gone bald whatever hey 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 (laughs) i knew that'd get your attention but no matter what it is that you're like oh well they're just not as attractive if as they used to be you're praying not that they're gonna lose weight or that they're gonna grow hair or whatever you're praying that your eyes will be changed that god would allow you to see their heart or that god would allow you Um, that God would make you physically attracted to them again. I don't think that that's wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that it's that you can pray for things like that. And when you pray for your spouse and pray for your heart towards your spouse, there will be change. Mm -hmm. You can't pray for somebody like that and continue to be disgusted or frustrated or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the word is that you think um, is driving you crazy. Well, all those little things, sometimes we just bring them up because we're just mean people. That's right. <laughs> and, That's right. And, and where you really have to, what you really have to do is stop and, and say to yourself, does it really matter? Like mm-hmm. you said. And so, like, does it, it's one thing to, to point something out in a loving way or, hey, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there because this, isn't, this doesn't apply to us. But 
Um, well, maybe this applies to us. A lot of times when we fold clothes, we do that together, but my clothes get stacked up mm-hmm. in, in, and they, they don't always make it from the stack to the drawers. And that probably drives you crazy. And you could say, why don't you ever put your, put your clothes up? It drives me crazy. You don't. And, but I think that there's a part of that, that you probably are like, well, you know what? He folded all those mm-hmm. clothes. Yep. You know, or we did or that at together. Least clean. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. just stuff like that. That, um, and even when you mentioned the whole bald thing, yes, I am losing my hair. And you probably are like, well, gosh, I wish he had some hair. But you know what? You went through cancer mm-hmm. and you were completely bald. Mm-hmm. And like that has to be something that you think about. Sure you it know, is. where you're like, oh my gosh, he loved me through all of that. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter that he doesn't have as much hair as when we got married? Mm-hmm. It's those kind of things. Because you've never said to me, oh, put on some Rogaine or wear a hat all the time. You know, yeah. it's it's just that kind of a, uh, you just don't bring up stuff that doesn't really matter. And I love, yeah, I love what they said when they were like, the things that, that annoy you would be the things that you would miss yeah. when they're not there. And so, you know, Pick your battles that that actually mean something and and try to twist things around to where you're just thankful for it, right. you know? And, right. I mean, they were talking about people getting out of the shower and tracking water all through mm-hmm. the house. Well, maybe be thankful you have a spouse that actually takes showers. I don't know, you know? <laughs> I mean, you could be living with a slob that stinks all the time. But there's just ways that as you're bending your heart towards Jesus mm-hmm. and you're praying for your spouse, and that's what happened with the whole water bottle thing. I told you, um, I mean, I, I literally shared this for the first time. She'd never heard me share it before, but it used to drive me crazy. I'd hear this noise. I'm like, how do you even? Like, that's crazy. And I've never said anything. But recently, I started trying to do it to see if, I, and I can't make the noise. And so I heard her again yesterday. And it didn't even bother me. It really was, I can't do, I can't make that noise, and she can. <laughs> and I just think that that was God's way of just, you know, showing me, hey, because you didn't say anything and you didn't bring it up, there's some grace here. And now it's funny, and it's yeah. and it's almost an impressive thing, kind of like you saying how loud my chip crunching mm-hmm. is when I eat chips, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't say that every time. And, you know, maybe one day God's going to show you some grace and you're going to love the fact that I crunch <laughs> chips really loud. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> you know, there's, and I'm sure we're getting um, low on time, but yep. I, I do want to say one more thing is that it is not your, and I've said this before, it is not your spouse's job to make you happy. Um, I'm going to say that again. It is not your spouse's job to make you happy. So if you are thinking, oh, I must have married the wrong one because I'm not happy anymore, that's on you. Because your happiness does not come from your spouse. Your joy and your happiness comes from your relationship with the Lord. And if you are lucky enough to have a spouse that um, is kind and generous and loving and encouraging and all of those things, then that's just... Um, overflow. It is him pouring into a cup that is already filled because of your relationship with the Lord. But if that is not there, then your soul is not dry because you are 
um, in love with Jesus and you search after him every day and your relationship with him is most important and it lets your spouse off the hook. So if you sit around and say, he just doesn't make me happy anymore, boo, that's on you. Like you, your happiness. Now, do I want you to be happy in your marriage? Absolutely. Does Rusty make me exceedingly happy? Yes. But my joy comes from the Lord. And you got to make sure your eyes are there first. Mm. If you're one of those people that you grew up with this fairy tale dream of marriage, you've watched the movies where these two soulmates, they just couldn't help but find each other. If you're one of those people, let me tell you this. The person that you said I do to is that person. And so now you go and make it your fairy tale marriage. Right. You make your heart the type of heart that wants to make that person your soulmate. And I know that there's a center on the other side of this, and it doesn't always happen the way you want it to go because of the because of sin and because we're broken people. But you can't fix your spouse. You can control yourself. So this week go and do that and be that for your spouse. All right. Great topic. Hey, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week.